Welcome to Galveston Unscripted. We are always looking for ways to improve our lives, and sometimes it can benefit us to look back at our past. For those of us living on the island, every decision past citizens and leaders have made affects us today, and not always in a good way. If we make choices like letting our garbage pile up, it will just end up on top of the last generation's garbage heap. In this episode, we are going to explore a few eras of garbage, waste, and recycling on Galveston Island. The island in the Bay Area has been home to humans for at least 10,000 years. There are massive amounts of evidence that generation after generation of hunter-gatherers use Galveston as a full-time homeland or a seasonal destination for nomadic populations. We may not always think of waste management when it comes to indigenous populations, especially in this current century, where it is difficult to even find evidence of natives on this barrier island that is ravaged by hurricanes and has been fortified by a seawall and grade-raising by the most recent rendition of inhabitants. Before European colonization of the Gulf Coast, the native people ate considerable amounts of seafood as it was abundant year-round. Unlike native peoples further inland that relied on large mammals, farming, and gathering, which were more difficult to hunt and find depending on the season. These natives, a society without a culture of mass production, did not have a problem throwing their organic waste on the ground or piling it high next to their camp. No doubt, their waste was biodegradable or directly from the earth or ocean. Coastal native people would place their waste such as shells and bones into gigantic piles. Some of these piles would stack up exceeding 15 feet tall and span more than 50 feet in diameter. These waste piles are known as shell middens. Literally littering the Gulf Coast landscape, shell middens would only be disturbed by a hurricane storm surge or possibly a resourceful European who may have decided to build a fort on top of the mound, as it would have provided an elevated view above the flat, low-lying landscape. Why don't we see shell middens on Galveston Island today? Long after most indigenous peoples were forced off of the island by American and European settlers, the city of Galveston was founded. The streets had yet to be paved with brick or concrete. With the exception of the area near the port, Galveston was a barren sandbar with very few trees. The only protrusion from the flatness that was Galveston would have been shell middens and natural sand dunes. For a few years after the city's founding, the street system was simply a sandy grid until a few enterprising Galvestonians began to place scrapped oyster shells on the roadway. This prevented the sinking of wagon wheels and quelled the wind-blown sand. Before long, the shell middens became a target of the businessmen. Either paid workers or slaves would shovel the ancient shell middens and relocate the shells to the city streets. What was once an indigenous trash pile that could have taken centuries to accumulate became the pavement of the streets of Galveston. Call it recycling, or destruction of an indigenous landmark. No matter which way you look at it, the use of these shell middens is an example of reusing the resources at hand. As Galveston began to grow in population through the mid to late 1800s, a popular disposal process was to burn garbage or dump it on the edge of town. Most of Galveston's early garbage was not of a mass-produced nature, and for decades, these disposal methods were not too much of an issue except for the occasional stray fire that led to a home or structure being engulfed. The dumping on the west end of the town seemed tolerable as the population was converged on the eastern portion of the island. Like other cities across the country in the early 1800s, Galvestonians used everything from tin cans to old clothes in ways that would be familiar to us today, making toys for their children or things like jewelry or decorative art pieces for their homes. 
Some of these items took on an even more practical purpose, like old clothing. It served as an insulation for homes during the winter. Very few items in this era were one-time use. At the turn of the 20th century, as Galveston Island was booming, the worst natural disaster in American history left this island in shambles. The 1900 storm left a trail of destroyed homes, buildings, and belongings all across the island. Parts and pieces of homes washed up onto the beach and bayside for months after the storm. Like every storm before and since, Galvestonians jumped into action and collected the bits and pieces of wood and stocked their own lumber yards. People began to rebuild their homes almost immediately, and most of the wood that was once a sturdy wall or roof turned projectile or flotation device was now repurposed into a new home. Any home on Galveston Island built before the 1900 storm or a few years after, no doubt was patched with or completely constructed with found wood. Garbage disposal in Galveston had not changed much since the early 1900s. In 1909, the undeveloped East End Flats, next to the medical college, became the city's trash dump, associating the area with filth and disease through the next decade. Without much objection, the city built a roadway to enable wagons to enter the area and dump trash. People tended to leave their garbage closer to the city and the hospitals than the intended dump location further east. Efforts had been made to curb disease outbreaks. Trash collection services were established to ease the garbage accumulation and reduce the rat population in the streets and alleys. A night watchman was hired to make sure the trash was dumped further from the hospital and the city. The East End Flats were extremely low-lying and not protected by a seawall, making this area extremely vulnerable to storm surges and washing trash into the bay and eventually back onto the beaches. The East End Flats were eventually filled in and built upon, and trash was dumped in various locations on the island until the city of Galveston initiated a truck and rail service that removes the garbage to a landfill on the mainland. Today, unlike the original native population, our waste is generally not biodegradable. It is not always easy, however, we do have the option to reuse and recycle. We have the option to not just dump our mass-produced garbage into a wetland area to wash back onto our beaches later. If history has taught us anything, like waste products, the small decisions we make over time accumulate. They can turn into dirty, unsightly disease-ridden heaps or they can turn into a neat stack of good decisions that serves as a monument for future generations to learn and benefit. For historic resources or more information, check out the episode description. <laughs>